Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. With another episode of Live on Purpose Radio, I am so pleased today to have with me Mr. Clint Pulver. Say hello, Clint. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here. I'm just over here trying to think now, how do I introduce this guy? Oh, geez. You are a speaker. You are an author. You are a drummer. This is true. You are an actor. I'm getting some of the big yeah, I try. things yeah, in there. Yeah, that's... Clint, I reconnected with you um, through the National Speakers Association, where some of our mutual friends introduced us, and we've had some fun adventures since then. Um, Had a really fun time going to the movie theater with my wife recently, (laughs) and we saw a little, kind of a quirky little show called Saturday's Warrior. Yes. Um, Some people in in the LDS community will know exactly what that's about. There was a, a play written by, was it Lex de Azevedo mm-hmm. that did Saturday's Warrior? Years ago, I was a kid when this came out, Clint. You weren't even, you know, thought a thought yeah. at the yeah. time. And, and it was an inspiring story about purpose and about what, what our earth experience is all about, mm-hmm. right? With some religious themes to it. And now years later, it's made into a movie where you starred in the role of Elder Wally Kessler. That's right. (laughs) Which, for those of you who know the story, you're going to connect with that character immediately. And Clint, you did an awesome job with Uh, that. Thank you. Really enjoyed your performance there. Um, That's not really what you do, though. I mean, you've done a few movies. Yep. Um, Will you tell us a little bit of your story where you're coming from, because this is relevant to what you and I get to talk about today. Awesome. Um, you discovered some things about yourself that were different. Totally. Right? Like not the norm. Yeah. Tell us about that. I, uh, you know, and going back to Saturday's Warrior, that experience was was so fun. I've my, my whole life, I've had a bucket list. And my bucket list has been a big deal. You know, if it goes on the bucket list, it's not a matter of when it happens. It's a matter of, of it, it, it has to happen. It, it will mm. happen. And so I put on the, my bucket list six years ago that I wanted to be in a movie. I thought that would be cool. I mean, to, to just give that a go, be an extra. Like I had some friends that had been on movie sets and I had some different people that worked in the movie editing process and they just, oh, being on a movie set. That would be cool. Yeah, I just thought that would be awesome. Movie star. Yeah, I put it on the list and it's gotta happen. And so it's been about two years ago. Two years ago, I was looking at the list and I came across, it was number 43 and it said be in a movie. Number 43 on your bucket list. Number 43 on the bucket list. And I said, okay, uh, this is God. Can I just ask you, which number was be on Live On Purpose Radio? (laughs) That that, that was number 16. I knew it had to be higher on the list. Yeah, it was definitely in the top 20. Okay. For sure. And, uh, and so I, I looked at that. I said, okay, I, I got to get that checked up. And so literally in that moment, I just Googled uh, acting agencies in Utah. Uh-huh. And the first one that popped up was this uh, agency called uh, uh, Stars Talent Agency. I called them up 
And I said, hey, I have a bucket list and I'm trying to get in a movie. Mm-hmm. And the lady on the phone was the agent. She said, um, okay, do you act? And I said, no. <laughs> well, and, this might be an issue. Yeah, no, I've never acted. She said, well, have you done theater? I said, never. She says, okay, well, well, I'm sorry, you can't just be in a movie because you have it on some list. <laughs> and I said, well, no, no like, he was like, it's really important. I need to do this. She's like, well, have you done anything else? And I was like, well, I've been a professional speaker. I've been a drummer for almost 19 years at that point. And I, I said, so, you know, I've done, she's like, oh, okay. She's like, well, that's, that's interesting. Like, come in and I'll, I'll, I'll interview you for that. And maybe we can work out something. Mm-hmm. So I went in, I met with her, we sat down. She actually signed me for speaking and for drumming. And I told her, I said, listen, I don't need any representation for any of that. I'm not looking for that right now. I was in a totally different career, different field. I just, I just have a bucket list and I'm just trying to get this checked off. Yeah. And so she said, okay, if you just, if you sign with us, I'll promise I'll send you on the next movie audition. I was like, great. Uh-huh. And so she did. And it was two days later, two days after I signed the production company, uh, rolled in for Saturday's Warrior. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was somewhat familiar with Saturday's Warrior. She sent me in uh, in the audition, and the audition process was crazy. I didn't even know what slating meant. And slating, for anybody mm. that's acted or done film, they know what that is. But I obviously didn't, because I have never done that. It was my first audition. You were clueless. Yeah, and it's where you say your name and your agency. And I was with this big-time uh, movie casting director that has done big Hollywood films, and I just looked so dumb. And she's like, tell me your name and what agency. And I didn't even have the, the lines memorized, nothing. I cold read the part. Uh, long story short, I went through five callbacks and I got the part um, for <laughs> Wally Kessler for Saturday's Warriors. So that's how it happened. And I think that's how life happens sometimes. And I think, you know, you can either sit and stew or you can go and do. And it was mm. a, a great principle of just action and, and moving. And, and if you just move and take action, it's amazing what happens. Right. You had already, prior to this, now you mentioned this drummer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, who does that, Clint? I mean, I, I know a few drummers because I've, I've known people in the music industry. I used to be in band, you know, back in school. But really, that's a career. You can like do that. Totally. You've got a story behind that. Can you share at least part of that with our listeners? Yeah, Absolutely. I, uh, I I was the kid in school when I was little, uh, ten years old, um, that had problems, and my problems were not like <laughs> anger management problems. It wasn't discipline problems or bullying problems. Or I just my my issue was was tapping, Doctor Paul. I just hit stuff all the time. If it was either pencils in my hands tapping on the desk, mm-hmm. you know, it, playing on my chair, I just it was just something that I did, and it was usually it would usually happen when I was focused on something else, or I was trying to listen, and I would just. I would just kind of automatic. I'm doing really good right now. Usually, I mean, I'm, I know we're yeah. on re- being recorded, so I'm trying to be quiet. But <laughs> I just—it was just hard for me to sit still. And people would tell me, like, "Stop tapping! Like, you're annoying. You got it." Like, and I would get bullied for it. And and teachers would yell at me and say, "Like, listen, like, you're a major disruptance in mm. our class." And finally, it got to the point where I got sent to the principal's office. Mm-hmm. And so I took that long road down to the the principal's office, and I sat in that office with him, and he said. What's the issue? And I said, I, I just tap, I hit stuff. Uh-huh. And he said, okay, well, not anymore. And he said, I want you to go back to class and I want you to sit on your hands. Uh-huh. And so I sat on my hands and, uh, and as I did that, then my feet would start tapping. And it just was a problem. So and they called, stop you know, this. Yeah. And, and, and parents were being called. They said there just, you know, maybe some medication options for him that would help with this. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and it, finally, one day I, I got yelled at by a teacher and his name was Mr. Jensen. 
Mm. And Mr. Jensen looked at me and he said, Clint, stay after class. And it was because mm. I was tapping. And I, I remember as a 10 year old thinking like, this is it. Like I am getting kicked Your out number of is school. Up. Right. Right. At 10 years old, like so much for an education mm-hmm. and class left and it was just an empty room. And it was just me and Mr. Jensen. And he sat at the back of the room at his desk. He pulled up a chair, told me to come and sit down. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, Clint, here's the thing. He, he said, you're not, you're not in trouble. I just have one question mm-hmm. that I have to ask you. And he said, have you ever thought about playing the drums? Ever. And at 10 years old, I mean, I could barely spell drum. Like, was, I didn't, like that was never a thought for me, ever. It wasn't a thing. No. And, and he right. just said, he said, Clint, I see that. In you, and he asked. He said, "Can you can you tap your head and rub your belly at the same time?" Mm-hmm. And I tried it, and I could do it. And mm-hmm. he said, "You're just you're ambidextrous with your hands." He said, "You can do something with your right hand, but then do something completely different with your left hand." Mm-hmm. And he said, "Clint, you're not a problem." He said, "You're a drummer." Oh. And uh, I'll never forget. I, I'm a person that has always believed that a single moment in time can change a person's life. Yes. And I'll never forget when he reached over. Uh, behind to his desk he opened up the top drawer and he pulled out my very first pair of drumsticks wow and uh leaned over and he handed them to me at 10 years old and he said uh these are for you and take them and see what happens Hmm. and he saw the problem as the solution Hmm. and he saw what you know and, and he saw something in me that i didn't even see within myself and and from that moment on, I've always believed, and, and it's something that I speak about, that every kid, every even even person, is one success story away from a caring somebody. Everybody needs somebody to just care about them, to believe in them, to help them to see what really is there, because a lot of times, we just don't see it within ourselves, and that's key, especially when finding your purpose in life. Yes. So that caring act changed the game for you. Totally. 110%. This is not a problem. It's it's an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You use that word a lot, don't you? I do. In your speaking. I do. What does it mean? You know, it's, when we talk about becoming the anomaly, I mean, you look at the word anomaly and it stands for something that's not ordinary, something that's different, something that stands out, something that is peculiar, something that doesn't happen all the time, every day. Right. And... I, I went through college and I, I got into the medical field, was in the medical field for almost five years. And I remember sitting down with a bunch of buddies and we were at a JCW's and we were just having burgers and fries and we were just talking about life. Mm-hmm. And I, I posed the question to my friends and I said, wouldn't it be interesting? Like, how cool would it be if you could find a job or a career that, that you were able to, to do something that you were passionate about, like play mm-hmm. to your strengths most of the time? Do something that you just loved that, you know, if money were no issue, like you could just, that would be the thing that you you would choose choose to do. Yeah. Right. Like like if you could do that, but then, but then also you were able to figure out a way that it could, it could contribute to the life that you wanted to live. And Mm -hmm. I kind of meant that in a way of of financially, because in the acting world, I met a lot of people that were doing what they loved. Mm -hmm. They were super passionate about it, but they couldn't pay their bills. Right. And so there was a level of happiness and joy that was lost because they were always stressing. They were always wondering, how am I going to survive? How am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to support a family? How many, all these other things that coincided with the life that they wanted to live that they weren't able to meet. Right. But then you also look at people that, that make gobs of money, tons of money, but mm-hmm. hate what they do. <sighs> and so how do you find the balance of, of, 
of of being able to live the way that you want to live. I, I had a friend that came to me one day and he said, Clint, I want to be a psychologist. Mm. I said, that's great. It's like, good for you. I want a cool career to help people and listen to people work through their problems and concerns. And I said, can I ask you a question? And this was during the time I was kind of thinking about this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, what kind of life do you want to live? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I mean, do you want to... Uh, do you, do you want to like live in a nice house? Do you want to like, how many kids do you want to have? And so he's like, I, I'd love to live in a really nice neighborhood. I'd love to have like a three, four story house. I'd, I'd love, you know, five or six cars. I was like, what about braces for your kids? He goes, absolutely. It's like, how many kids? Goes, five or six I would love. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Uh, family vacations? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would love that. That would be great. We'd, you know, three or four a year. Right. You know, and just started explaining this life that he wanted to live. And then I asked him, I said, Bryn, do you know what psychologists make in a year? Like mm-hmm. starting out. And he said, well, I think most of them make about 40, 45,000 a year starting out. Mm-hmm. He says, but, but after, you know, 10 years or so, you can, you can make about 80,000 a year, mm-hmm. you know, is, is usually kind of where they're at. And I said, okay. And I said, you know, do you see somewhat of the incongruency on the life that you want to live versus, you know, the income that you're going to be able to bring? Mm. And then, and there's just realities to life. And, and I, right. I just built a house. Um, that was a big slap in the face. You know, there's a mortgage, there's food, there's clothing, <laughs> there's insurance, there's car payments. There's just things that if you want to, you know, function and, and, and live, I, I, in my opinion, responsibly, there's just realities that come along with that that sure. are expensive. Right. And, and, and so considering that, so you have to think about that. But then the, the third facet is your purpose. You know, mm. what's, what's the whole meaning behind it all? And passion is very singular. It's very about you. It's very about what you want to do and what you love to do. Where purpose, I feel like, is more about helping others, being the best for the world, not striving to just be the best in the world. Mm. And that's the difference between success and significance. And, you know, out of, out of 40 million sperms, you're the one that won. Like, mm-hmm. why? Like, what's your purpose? Like, what's the, you know, you look at deathbed studies and what people say on their deathbed. Nobody says, I wish I would have worked more hours in the office. Right. Nobody says, I wish, you know, I would have made more money. The, the, the two things that people say is, I wish I would have had more meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have been able to do something bigger than myself. Hmm. And, and I think if you could figure out something one one thing, maybe that that's your career or whatever, that allows you to play to your passions, allows you to live the life that you want to live, that right. al- also allows you to fulfill your purpose in life. And that's about you, what you can contribute. Yeah, yeah. You become the you anomaly. Add. You become that 1%. You, you live, you don't just exist. I love this idea of the anomaly. I think we'll dig into that a little bit more as we come back from this first break. This is Clint Pulver at Live On Purpose Radio. Hey, Live On Purpose Radio listeners. The fact that you're listening to this show probably means that you're a fan of personal development. Your personal development library should include copies of both of my books, Pathological Positivity and the pocket-sized companion, Portable Positivity. There's a .com for both titles so you can share these books with others. I also have a special offer just for listeners of the show. Go to drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R for Live On Purpose Radio. I'll send you signed copies of both for a special discounted rate. 
That's drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R. Your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. Leo Buscaglia And welcome back. We've got Clint Pulver at Live On Purpose Radio today. And Clint, you've had some strange experiences in life. And by strange, I just mean it's an anomaly. It has been different. (laughs) Sometimes we see that because our life is different, that there's something wrong with it. I think what I'm hearing from you is that's actually an indicator that you're on track. Totally. You don't always know that because you're constantly comparing yourself to others. Uh You shared this story about the school teacher, Mr. Jensen, who helped you to see something that everybody else was seeing as a problem Mm -hmm. as a possible solution, as part of your unique package or contribution that you can bring. And it was a game changer for you. Totally. Changed everything. I think that's probably one of the reasons why you're speaking and acting and because he opened up a new possibility for you. Mm -hmm. So let's just, let's go where you might... um, where you might go in a keynote or a, a presentation that you give as you share this message and you know that people in your audience are stuck or they don't see something about the anomalies in their own life that if they were to see it, it would change the game for them too. Yeah. Where would you say that they would start? What, what are some of the strategies or maybe the tools that will help people to, to get connected to that? Yeah. My, m- one of my favorite quotes of all time, Dr. Paul, is uh, the quote by Oscar Wilde where he says, to live is the rarest thing in the world. For most people, merely exist, and that's all. Uh, um, to live, to really just live a life that's worth living, live a life of significance, not just a life of success. And you look at the, the statistics right now, and most people... Don't do that. Um, the, mm. the current stats from the Gallup organization read that eight out of ten Americans hate their jobs. That they just do eight the, out of ten. Eight out of ten. So eighty percent are just doing things that they would rather not do most of the time. They just feel like they have to. Yeah, there's no fulfillment. It stuck. pays the bills. It's a job. Be grateful for your job. Put your head down. Go to work. Um, instead of you know a mentality of of how do I live? How do I really? You know, at the end of my life, and I'm, I'm sitting there on my deathbed, do you want all the woulda, shoulda, couldas in the room? Or do you want all the do it, did it, done it's? Mm. And, and creating that type of a mentality, it's, it's interesting. I think there was a, a, a guy by the name of William Damon who I have loved and followed and admired his work for a long time. And he did a study um, with thousands of kids in North America. And he found out that only 20% of most youth in our country have a clear direction and definition on what their purpose is in life. Mm. And so then that leaves us with, again, 80% that just don't know. I was just thinking it's the same percentage. Yeah, it is. It is the same percentage. You look at, okay, the the people that are having the midlife crisis or the older working force and 80% that don't enjoy what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the younger 
generation and there's 80% that don't know what they want to do. Right. So there's got to be a correlation where, where people are just meandering into a career, whether it's because of money or fame or it's just a good job that has the 401k and the benefits. Um, be glad you have a good job type of a mentality. And, and so how do we separate this? And what he also found in his study is that the 20% of the kids that did have a clear definition and direction on what their purpose was, the number one contributing factor to how they found that mm-hmm. was the association and connection with other purposeful people in their life. Wow. And I, I, that has been so true in my life. You look at Jim Rome, who always said you become the average of the five people you associate with most. Mm-hmm. But what if you could take those five people and, and, and give those five people the opportunity to then not just associate with you, but to believe in you. Mm. You know, the story of Mr. Jensen, as simple as that moment was, he showed me what was possible and he showed me what could be right. through a, a simple moment in time that, that literally changed my life. Right. And so when I go and I speak to college students and I speak to high school students and then even, even different uh, conferences and courses with people that are striving to find this purpose, mm-hmm. they're striving to find significance in their life, I talk about that a big factor of how you do that is simply is simply this, going and finding one, maybe two people in your life that love and care about you. You know them, okay. they love you, you have a connection, you have a relationship with them, but they're also people that you admire, they're people that are heroes to you. Mm-hmm. People, you, you know, I like myself best when I'm with you, that type of a person. Go to those people, find them, whether it's mom, dad, brother, sister, grandpa, grandma, and then ask them two questions. And these okay. are the two questions. The first is, what do you see when you look at me? What do you see? What do you see? What, 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 I mean, when you look at me, what are the things that you see? Okay. And then second is, what do you see me becoming in my life? What do you see me doing? And you could target hmm. it towards a career. You could target it towards, and, you know, what do you see me becoming in my life? Mm-hmm. And... I think that those create moments because as a speaker, I always struggled with going speaking from the stage and, and yes, people are inspired. They feel good, but that only lasts for so long. But as I look right. back on moments with my family members, heroes in my life, the Mr. Jensen's in my life, mm-hmm. those are lasting. I have never forgotten those moments and they have been crucial factors in my life that have shaped me and developed me into the person that I am today. So find your Mr. Jensen's and give those Mr. Jensen's the opportunity to believe in you, to see and to show you possibly what you don't even see within yourself. I was just thinking there's there's a level of trust there. Absolutely. That they might see something that you don't. Yep. And then the humility to be open to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It also occurred to me that some of our listeners are going to see ways that they could be Mr. Jensen. Absolutely. Yep, and be the Mr. Jensen for others. Right. 100%. We get to do both. I was just thinking of this statue that's on my desk behind me, mm-hmm. and you're familiar with this. Absolutely. It's called the Statue of Responsibility, and it depicts two hands, and one is on the top and one is on the bottom, and we get to be both hands. Absolutely. At different times, you know, or in yep. different circumstances. Sometimes yep. we are the ones doing the lifting, mm-hmm. and sometimes we need to be lifted. Absolutely. So that's what that, that triggered for me as you were sharing that, Clint. That's, 
that's so profound, so simple, and and, and yet profound. Ask. And I think we just don't ask. I think sometimes we have the mentality of, I got to just figure it out on myself, I, I'm, mm. on my own. I got to do this. It's me. I got to figure my life out. Well, most people, especially purposeful people, didn't figure out their purpose by themselves. No. You know, it's other right. people that were major contributing factors that showed them what was possible, mm-hmm. showed them what they could do, showed them what they could become, showed them that, that, that there's more to what they're seeing, that what, what's out there. And that, that opens up new doors that you didn't even know were there before. Yeah. Like, like for you, uh, drumming, uh, is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> but it's what you were naturally designed to do, and you've uh, accomplished some really cool things because that door was open to you. Absolutely. And then there was just right. people that, that literally supported me and held me through those whole processes. Mm-hmm. At times when I wanted to give up or times where I thought I can't do this or... I'm, I just, there's no way that I could continue to do this or that. Or, you know, this gym, I just quit my job in the medical field uh, four days ago. <laughs> and uh, that's been a big deal. But part of me being able to make that jump and to leave the secure field of the 401k and the benefits and the salaried position and to jump into the speaking field full time has been because of other people that right. believed in me. Yeah. They see something in you that you don't always see in yourself. Absolutely. There's this element, I think, of destructive pride mm-hmm. where we get inside of our own head and the only voice that we're trusting is our own. Yep. And our own voice is keeping us small, where totally. other people totally believe that we've got what it takes to play at a bigger, larger level. Yep. Um, so that is an element of humility, just being able to accept, okay, maybe I don't see this so clearly. Maybe that perspective, that this trusted, loving person, uh, that perspective that they have is maybe more accurate about me. Yeah. And you hear the saying all the time, perception is reality. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can influence and help people to change that perception to believe in them to the point where they then believe that within themselves. I mean, that, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's significant. That's a major, I mean, yeah. I, Sir Isaac Newton always said, if I've ever seen further in my life, it was because I was standing on the shoulders of giants that allowed right. me to see. So find your giants, find those people in your life and give them the opportunity to believe in you. And there's just yeah. power there. And it's, it's changed my life. So associate, connect, Trust. Get into relationships with people who will speak truth to you and who see the the perspective of what's possible. Mm -hmm. That's how we lift and and support each other. Clint, you're doing it. Oh, we're trying. I'm trying. This is great. You know, the reason that I, uh, I reached out to you at this particular time is because I saw your Facebook post. And I saw that you're taking this courageous step to, to move out of the security of the known and into the freedom of the unknown. Now, security and freedom, that's an interesting concept. People think that they want security. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where would you be if you achieved maximum security? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? No, it's very true. That sounds like the prison at the point of the mountain. <laughs> it, security and freedom aren't the same thing. 
So you will feel the stretch and you will feel the anxiety as you start to pursue something that you are uniquely designed to do. So you you talked about an anomaly. Mm -hmm. This isn't like other people. So you don't get to compare yourself to those people. It's not fair. Yeah. And besides, sometimes we compare our, our weaknesses to their strengths, and that's not fair either. Mm-hmm. But taking instead what it is that you're uniquely designed to do and running with that, yep. trusting that there's some purpose behind that. Absolutely. And there's a reason why it's not like everybody else. Yeah. And there, there takes a sense of... of courage there and it has been it has been a long road um but it's it's exciting i I, i'm choosing excuse me i'm choosing to live i'm choosing to to find what i'm passionate about which i have it coincides Mm. with my purpose yes and it'll allow me to live financially in a way that's sufficient for my needs right so uh yeah become the anomaly Ah. that's what we're trying to do well good on you clint so how do our listeners find you? You've got a website. Yeah, yeah. They can find me at www.clintpulver.com. Clint Pulver, spelled with a C-L-I-N-T. Yep, and then P-U-L-V-E-R. Pulver. Yep, dot com. Nice. And then also you hit me up on, on Facebook is a great way as well. Um, I, I love to stay active with uh, fans from the movie world as well as the drumming world, speaking world, mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, would love to help out and and help anybody that I can. So and you've got a powerful message here, especially for youth, and that's one of your favorite audiences. It is absolutely uh, the young people. So if you're a school counselor or if you've got a group of young people that you you think would benefit from Clint's message, reach out to him. He comes with some energy and enthusiasm that is just contagious, and the kids love him. And uh, there's some other fun things you do in your presentation. I won't give it all away, Absolutely. but it may or may not involve percussion <laughs> and uh, video clips and other things that you can do for those presentations. So that's awesome. Yeah. ClintPulver.com. And that's the same as your name. You've got a book coming out. I do. So people can watch for that. And it's about being the anomaly. Yeah. Becoming the anomaly. Yeah. Living a life by design, not by default. That sounds kind of like living on purpose. Yeah, totally does. Ah, 110%. That's exactly why you're here. Thank you. It's it's meant a lot. Thank you, Dr. Paul. What an amazing experience to have Clint Pulver with us today at Live On Purpose Radio. Clint, is there a parting thought or final idea that you'd like to share as we sign off? Uh, Just do what you love and and do what you're passionate about. Figure out what your purpose is. Um, Be specific in what you want to do in your life and live for that strive to do that day in and day out and at the end of your life um, you will have done the rarest thing in the world and not to exist but to really live and i think Mm -hmm. that's one of the greatest things that we could ever do well said it's time everybody go live on purpose (laughs) 